Welcome, Dreadfuls, to episode 17 of Left for Dread. I'm one of your hosts for today, Chris Sampson. And I am your other host, Ryan Marlowe. And today we're doing body horror. Chris's favorite thing in the whole fucking my world. Yes, yes. Um, So we are doing a very exciting episode today. Um, Ryan, what what two movies are we reviewing for all the body horrification? (laughs) (laughs) We are looking at The Fly with none other than Jeff Goldblum. And directed by David Cronenberg. Yes, oh. this is our. I believe this is our first Cronenberg. Well, well, it is so our te- first Cronenberg. Yeah, yes. It's our first. Oh, it's yeah. our first David Cronenberg because yes, as you'll find out, we have another. We have another Cronenberg that we will discuss very soon. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, it's a family business. It is a family business. So we have our first David Cronenberg film today, and I do really want to do an episode just solely on David Cronenberg because he is so weird and and twisted. Uh, come to think of it, I do have a movie. I have one of those movies already picked out in my brain because it's so fucked up. Yeah, it would be a nice change of pace because we haven't actually done a director's spotlight kind of. Show no, so let's so let let's do Cronenberg first yes! because you know why the fuck not, <laughs> and then our other movie today, which is as someone who doesn't like body horror and Chris I'm knows sorry, this, <laughs> here, but here's the thing though, is as someone who doesn't like body horror, I fucking love The Fly, and I love this next film called American Mary from 2012 by the wonderful and beautiful Soska sisters, aka Twisted Twins. I love them so much. I have seen, or I've tried to see all of their movies. I've watched both seasons of their TV show. I'm following, I'm basically stalking them on Instagram because they are currently remaking David Cronenberg's Rabid at this (gasps) moment. (gasps) It's so timely. Oh my gosh. It's like you did this on purpose, Ryan. I mean, I didn't, but I did. So, <laughs> no, take, care, take credit. Take credit? Okay. Yes. It's really a shame that we couldn't call this episode, like, Free the Nipple. If we were just doing it on oh, American yeah. Mary, I would call this episode Free the Nipple. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. For reasons we'll discuss later. For reasons. Really, well, since you I remember mentioned while that. Watching, I remember while watching it, like, for, for this recording, I was like, Free the Nipple! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Alright. Which one do, you, do we do, want to start do, with? Uh, I think I think after that, that teaser and and like how the nipples need to be free, so we, we need we need to talk You don't about... wanna give them blue balls and make them wait? Uh... now we'll talk oh, about yeah. American Mary. Let's talk about American <laughs> Mary. I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. Okay. So fun facts about American Mary because I'm all about the fun facts. And obviously, because it's my favorite movie ever, or one of my favorite movies. So, a couple of things. The Soska sisters, their, or their parents, remortgaged their house in order to raise money to finance this movie. Oh, shit. Both parents do make cameo appearances in this movie. Oh, are they, like, customers, or... The, I don't, I couldn't, I don't know where Daddy Soska is, but Mama Soska was a female officer, that you see at the end of the movie. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't know where dad is. Um, mm. Every single special effect that was done in this movie was practical, which... That's, you that's and really I, awesome. I know. This movie mm. was shot in 15 days. 
Kath? Wow. Wait, so wait, um, I'm I'm not very familiar with the Soska si- sisters. And actually, this was my first time watching American Mary. So was this I, your first like Soska twin? Basically, yeah. And I made you watch American Mary. Fuck, I am good. <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, you know how to get me with body horror. Um, oh yeah. So it sounds like this is like a an indie darling film. Yes. Or I, I don't. Yeah. So what? So was this their first? production or no their first their first production was actually a movie called dead hooker in a trunk (laughs) (laughs) okay all right (laughs) and i love it i believe you could find it on shutter if it hasn't left shutter but i'm like 90 percent certain that you could find dead hooker in a trunk on shutter right now all right all right they were also on an episode of the core which is another show that's on shutter where they do one-on-ones with uh directors or special and special effects artists and stuff like that and they have their own episode which had i had enough time i was going to rewatch that episode before recording tonight just because i love them so much they also have a show called elevator which is on hulu right now um oh yeah you told me about this i have told you about this yes it is like a horror reality tv show where they basically put you through hell for money and Mm. i love is it always set in an elevator well no there's an elevator that's involved but they're not like in an elevator okay um but i uh i could watch that show no problem going to be in it not so much Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we like yeah we, we just creep on people and we, and we, we delight in that yes. we do so they did uh dead hooker in a trunk in 2009 um they've done a lot of shorts then they did american mary in 2012 then they had a segment in abc's of death 2 <gasps> i love abc's of death which I would love to do that as another anthology horror. We've been doing a lot of anthology horror. We should do more. It's great. We should do more. Okay, great. Um, See No Evil Two in twenty fourteen, and now I mean, there's a a lot of their stuff is all is a lot of shorts actually, like Blood Drive PSAs, <laughs> and now Rabid, which just makes me so happy. <laughs> Well, they did, um, they appeared on Kyle XY. I remember that. That was, like, on ABC well, Channel. Well, which one? They're uh, twins. It was, like, episode, I've had a time on my life, Kyle No, XY. I'm saying the which, two... which twin. Oh, the... oh uh, it. See? It doesn't say, uh, no, it doesn't say. Okay. So, I'm sorry. That's... But that's fine. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All right, so yeah, this this movie. So we we had some production notes um, already from Ryan. Some something really interesting that um, the movie. I guess it, it it ties quite well with the whole indie uh, nature of the film. Um, a lot or most of the um, patients were members of the real life body mod community, which yes! I it was really cool. I was like. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, considering they didn't use any, like, CGI or... I mean, I guess with practical effects, you can, like, replicate it. But, like, some of the stuff, like, the forked tongues, like... I was wondering, was that real or was that, like, really good prosthetics? Like, no, it was real. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally real. Cool. Um, and then Catherine Isabel, who... I I have such a girl crush on her. I love Catherine Isabel. Um, 
she was in Hannibal, the TV series. But more importantly, she was in one of my favorite werewolf movies of all time called Ginger Snaps. Oh, yeah. And uh, Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed. And, and then there Ginger was a Snaps third back. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, she's a... She, uh, like, uh, I established this in, earlier in the show, uh, or early on in our show history. Uh, 30 Days of Night is like one of my all-time favorite uh, horror comics. Um, and she appeared in 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, which unfortunately is not one of the better... There's like one of the, the rent-to-sequel, director-DVD sequel movies. I'm like, uh... Okay, I respect her, though. So, it's fine. And I, I thought she was really strong. Like, oh my gosh, like... She learned how to suture a turkey for this, and she went to medical school to as research for this. What? Yeah. Such method acting. That's awesome. Not to mention the fact that, um... This character was apparently written with her in mind, which I honestly could not see anybody else doing this except her. I agree. I like she not not only like she she performed it well, but she was like the range and depth. Like I I want to make a lot of comparisons to Breaking Bad with this movie, but like um in the in the beginning like she's like doe-eyed and innocent to to an extent um but um, but then like you know, throughout the course of the film you just hear she's sheer you see her get like so detached and dark and conflicted and just like straight up to the end she's like oh my god total sociopath i love it and oh i love like, her i yeah she's, her performance yeah. just like especially the like like one of those things that like holy shit this is this is next level was the scene where um she's in the bathroom of the strip club and she's just like casually taking out her tools and her bone saw and like they go into the pov of the other stripper just hiding in the stalls like oh and then it just flashes like to her reflection and she's so cold and stone-faced it's like wow this actress is killing it it's it's great she also was and what was it called again? She was in two episodes of Psych. She was on The X-Files and Supernatural. Let's see, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. But of course, yeah. like Ginger Snaps is my is my go-to. She was in Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> uh, let's see. She was in MacGyver, which is really cool because I used to grow up watching MacGyver. Oh wait, is that the remake? No, it's the old. One. It's the original MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it was the new one because the new one sucks. Um, um, yep. So she also appeared on Supernatural. She was in Goosebumps in 1996. Oh, so good, so good. Which I'm obviously all the way down for because I love mm-hmm, Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, her most recent TV show is Little Dog. Um, oh, it's a comedy drama series. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So she has had quite the career so far. Um, of course, if I'm going to be biased, I, I still love her in Hannibal as Margot Verger because she kicked some serious ass as Margot, but that's besides the point. And she had a, she had a two-season run. So like she 
right? So that that's pretty that's that's pretty lengthy role. So that's that's awesome. Like so she got a, a lot of work in. When I found out that they were introducing the Vergers in Hannibal, I got so excited. And then when I saw that she was playing Margot, I flipped my lid. I was so ex- she's just I she's fascinating to watch in anything and I really hope that she continues to work with the Soska sisters. Like I'm secretly hoping that she's in Rabid even if she dies first. Like I just want her to be in Rabid right now. I don't I don't care as what. Uh is there I know this is not an episode about the Soska twins or Rabid. Do you know how far along they are in production? Uh I can tell you. Uh, just to let the audience know, Rab- Rabbit's another work by David Cronenberg, um, and it was released in 1977. Uh, like, just like um, American Mary, it's also a Canadian film. Well, Canadian American film, but still Canadia. Um, and uh, it's also a it's also body horror esque. Um, which is which is great because we're gonna because I, I we definitely need to do some more body horror, um, and I'm pretty sure they're still filming because oh no maybe not I think they're officially in post because on their Instagram page there's a photo of Sylvia and they over the course of making this movie they got a Rottweiler who they named Princess Diana. She's the sweetest looking puppy I've ever seen in my life and I like want to hold her. This photo says Sylvia and Princess Diana heading heading to edit. So I think they're officially in post. One of my favorite photos from this though was from, oh, I guess 13 hours ago. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, (laughs) Titled Something Wicked This Way Comes, Someone's Not Feeling So Well. And it's a hospital bed with somebody oh, in it. And I, so shiny. Oh, I just I love cool. it. I love it. I love it. So we have a lot to look forward to. So naturally, yes, we do have a lot to look forward to. So naturally, I was stupid excited when I found out that they were remaking none other than David Cronenberg's Rabbit. And I think that should be, I think, I think that should be our other movie when we do our Cronenberg episode. I think we should talk about Rabbit. We should. That'd be great. But we're not talking about rap. We're talking about American Mary. We're talking about American Mary. We went on a tangent. Shocking. It's okay. Shocking. It's okay. It's fine. We like we like. So um, uh, let's go with a brief synopsis about American Mary. Uh, so basically, the true horror of this film is not not the body mods or like the practical effects or the blood or or cutting. No, it's student debt and bills. <laughs> yep, it's well technically it's a student debt and the patriarchy, but we're not going to get into that. Oh, and the page. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, uh, uh okay, just full disclosure and like uh, I don't know if this will, this will shock you, Ryan, but I I'm not easily squeamish. Um and like I love like well, okay, love is not it's a strong term, but you know, I enjoy films like 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 Hostel and Saw. But I got squeamish not cuz of the the graphicness of the movie, but like the subject matter and like the like the, the the social undertones, like the patriarchy is like, oh my, or just the men in here, except for Billy. Billy, Billy was like, I mean, Billy was questionable. He had a moral gray area. The 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 strip club, or he had a moral gray area, and he was he was he was kind of a creep. But at least anything that he did, sort of came out of a, a twisted fear and 
lovable loyalty to Mary. Every other dude, with the exception uh, of the cop. I love Lance. The the bouncer. The bouncer was the bouncer. awesome. So... Lance the, and the cop, I think, are two of the purest they, humans. They're the only good the, dudes. Like, two of the purest guys. But every this. other yeah. dude in this movie was super shitty. And, and shit. that that yeah. really bothered me. Like, well, I mean, like, well, I mean, they made great antagonists. And it, um, it, it was a great, well, well, it was a very engaging force of conflict to spur on American Mary as a tragic hero, which I, I at least I thought she was a tragic, tragic hero. But oh no, yeah. I absolutely. But like agree the things that. that just really got to me was just like, oh shit, like 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 toxic masculinity and like sub uh, or like uh, like overtones of like like m- like male like the the in- male entitlement and like male especially the male entitlement over the control of women's bodies and sex and it's just like oh, this is way too hashtag too real. It was, it was, that was the parts that really got to me. Um, cause I mean, with body horror, I mean, we're going to go over two types of body horror. Like the Cronenberg stuff is like really fantastical in a way. And this one is more realistic, like, you know, with surgeries and, the, and it's also heavily based on the body mod community, which is real. Well, yeah, but the reality, the reality that American Mary uses is sort of the same reality that antiviral uses. Yes. Which is a different kind of of body horror. Mm -hmm. And, again, as someone who does not... Like, I I love Cronenberg. And I remember saying this to you, and we'll we'll get into this more when we actually talk about The Fly. But I remember I Facebook messaged this to you. I said, you know, I love The Fly, and I could just toss it on and watch it. And somehow I always forget how gross that movie gets when it gets to that point. I love it. <laughs> but but you watch it and then you go, how can you forget about that? American Mary is kind of the same way, but American Mary, what makes me able to watch that movie is it's a body horror and sort of like she gets revenge movie. Oh, yes. I mean, she... Well, yeah, she does. She does. Yes, but she also gets... She also gets completely... She she implodes and she gets killed in the process. Oh, she it's becomes horrible. Icarus. She flies yeah. too close to the yeah. sun. Absolutely. But that being said, I think what what makes me able to watch all of this is it's not the kind of Cronenberg body horror where things are being pulled off one by one. See, this is very interesting because like we're we're on opposite poles. Like, like I love all that like. super weird like Cronenberg kind of stuff like I just I just revel in that kind of gross but like you guys can't see this but I'm physically gross in a way because it's so it's it's so so realistic yeah absolutely it's like and and like the forces that that you know like just like you know her her descent into body horror modification and just being you know this this uh, illicit surgeon for hire is just spurred on by forces that are like really, really are, are ugly and dark and exist and permeate like a lot of, in our society. Which, so for me, like the real horror was like the hashtag too realness of it. Cause, um, and it, it was just, oh, it was, I mean, it was, it was, I, I think that's definitely on purpose. Like, I, I, this is like the first film I've watched with the Suska f- sisters. So, 
Um, I think that's a very strong conversation that needs to be had, and I think they executed well. And like just because I think it's a I think it's a mark of good art because I had such a visceral reaction to it, and and to those themes and not I mean yes the the practical effects were very good but I just resonated with it and reacted to it on like a really in, deep intellectual level and I, I think that's really interesting. So what I will say about this movie and let's get into it like, like a little bit. I'll I'll go over the rough stuff because it was very the first time I watched it, it was very hard for me to swallow this scene that I'm about to talk about. Um and I'm going to put out a trigger warning for this because it really it it I still had a I still walked away when I put it on. I knew it was coming, so I like left, went in the kitchen, got like did some dishes, came back. Uh, and again, before I say it, trigger warning, there is a rape scene in this movie. Um, and that is sort of what, uh, spawns Mary's descent into body modification. Um, she gets called to this party by her mentors. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Like, so she's, a, me- a, she's a med bit. school student. Um, she's a med school student studying very to be destitute, surgeon. poor, she's struggling, and basically, But uh, very she fucking talented. Yeah, uh, she's, she's, she was she's like, a prodigy. Yeah, she really is. She's open. The opening of this movie is her suturing a turkey. Yeah, like and I want extra like, wings on it. Yeah, I want to like go buy a turkey and practice myself. We should do it for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's coming up. We're gonna suture turkeys for Thanksgiving. Is that yes. what's happening? Okay, It'd be great. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's the first scene we find her. Um, she's suturing. Wow, I cannot... Suturing. Yes, there you go, that word. Um, But she's behind on rent, and like her phone bill's being disconnected, or she has a phone bill, and her phone got disconnected. Um, And basically, Billy, the the owner of of the nightclub, um, she hires her for five grand, uh, no questions asked, to patch up... um, someone who was who was brought to the club to do emergency surgery and um she 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 gets she she takes a, a bite of that apple and she, uh, it goes down this dark path where um she she's finding really good money through illicit surgery work i mean and she's not quali- well she's not she's definitely qualified but she's not certified uh like officially but that doesn't stop her anyway continue Right. So she is she is she is a legitimate prodigy in every sense of the word. Incredibly talented but incredibly broke. So she goes to like Chris said, goes to the strip club to try and find a job and ends up getting paid five thousand dollars to stitch a man back together. Yeah, no questions asked. No like, questions asked. Yeah. Uh she does twice on like two occasions. She does like vomit after she does this, and I'm sitting there going, girl, if you're going to be a surgeon, you can't puke after you operate on something. That's just that's not the way that works. But I think it was the Was that the first of... time she actually operated on a human being? I mean, that's I what think I, so. Yeah. I think so. Um, so, after all that, she decides to, you know, she, well, she didn't decide to. She gets invited to, after doing rounds, she gets invited to uh party or to get drinks with her mentors and oh and and leading up to this um news of her fantastic work spreads and she meets beatrice who's a stripper at the club that 
has extreme plastic surgery to look like Betty Boop, and she's oh my god. I love Beatrice as Beatrice a character. Beatrice was the best. I loved her, and that's another reason why I I got so affected by this movie. It's because like she she horribly gets assaulted and beaten at the near the end of the film. I'm like no, not not Betty. She's so she's she's great. Please don't. Well, the actress that played her actually modeled her voice uh, after Ellen Green from Little Shop of Horrors on purpose. Oh. So, fun fact. Um, so, again, uh, I'm going to go back to the trigger warning that I initiated before. They drug Mary at the party, and the teacher that gives her her lectures, um, who is, is kind Mr. of... Mr. Grant? Yeah, Dr. That... Grant. Yeah, Who Dr. is Grant. kind of verbally abusive to her. Um, yeah, I didn't get that relation. Like, I didn't know if he was being so hard on her because just to pick on her because he or because like, like weird sexual frustration or like he actually was invested in her success. I don't think so. He was a shitbag. I'm just I'm sorry. He was absolutely a shitbag. But I think that it was a little bit of both until as Mary assumes, which was, I think, that the way we were supposed to assume he notices that she has newer things and that she might have gone down the route of prostitution to be able to afford all of this stuff now so she's not struggling. And that's where he goes over the line of, I'm go- I'm being hard on you because I'm trying to push you to be the best you you can be. Like, I, I had teachers like that that were like, I, that would pull me aside after class and say, I'm doing this to you because you're better than this. I don't, you get your fucking ass out of your head or get your head out of your ass i can't even talk right now um but this as soon as that as soon as that happened he went from being a caring mentor to a total shitbag and as mary is drugged and being walked across the hallway to the bedroom you see a girl lying on top of the bar where the other doctors are doing completely vile things to her. Yeah, it's one of these weird, super disgusting sex parties that the doctors and the surgeons throw. Uh, and I I guess, I'm not sure if some of them are, stu- are other students or other or some of them are all, also prostitutes, but like it's still disgusting. It's still disgusting either way, but I was under the impression that they were students. And that's why they were all there. Um, the next morning, Mary wakes up. She leaves, pitches a fit, and then essentially goes to Billy and says, you want to earn $5,000? And he hand delivers Dr. Grant to her. And this is where the movie turns to she gets her uh, she gets revenge movie. Because she says, as you know, I, I quit med school, and I'm pretty sure you thought I was prostitute. You're wrong. Decided not to become a surgeon. I'm getting into body modification and I'm now in high demand. So I'm going to use you to practice on. And she says, because I can't make mistakes. That's something you told me. Oh, so. and, that, and that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's where like the beauty of all of that is. I was like, yeah, you fucking, I, I sit yeah, there and karma. I'm like, I'm like, get him, Mary, get him. Like mm. I, I was rude. I root for her in this movie. Mm. So. I mean, but the, I mean, uh, Mary, she is a tragic fear, and this is, like, one of the turning points, like, even despite the, her justification 
or even the even the fact that she was completely justified in her revenge, like something a piece of her was completely destroyed and lost, and she's going down this dark path, and very much like Breaking Bad, like she's going, she she went full Heisenberg, she's fully throwing herself into, like, uh, becoming uh, integral celebrity in the body mod community, um, and she's, you know her moral boundaries are eroding or the, the line is just pushing further and further ahead um, where she's willing to do uh, a lot of crazy stuff like like keeping Dr. Grant uh, suspended on meat hooks and continuing to test on him or um, killing out, outright killing a security guard who discovers her um, while she's trying to experiment on Mr. Grant. I mean, there's points where it fluctuates. You see the fa- You see moments where she's struggling with her life and her decisions and her choices. But it's one of those situations where, well, um, I've gone this far. Um, you know, I I don't have any. I, I don't have a choice, or I I you know, or or it's too really. It's too late to go back. You know, one of those kinds of tragic modes of uh, rationalization, and you know. Um, unfortunately, like karma comes around to her, and she, she, she comes about to a really tragic end, and um, it's yeah, like, and I, the end, like the end, like the final act, the ending, just really shocked me because I think we saw um a bit of foreshadowing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, it just upset me so much, like that was her end um so basically what happened uh going back to the beginning of the film uh beatrice or betty boop uh referred her <laughs> to ruby who uh, who a very high profile client oh and, ruby uh, yeah and uh, uh going back to the frida nipple thing um ruby's like <laughs> this super fashion uh icon um a very very famous fashion designer and uh, she wants it to be turned to a human doll because she doesn't want to be sexualized anymore. So she basically has um, Mary turn into a human doll, or have her turn into a human doll, so she removes her nipples and sews up her uh, vagina. Um, and she, yeah. Um, which is, which is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I mean it's her body, but 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 what well, as we see like the patriarchy does not agree. So yeah, and which is which really I mean yeah. I mean I, keeping with the themes of the movie and like the commentary it, it tries to present it's in line, but it's just like, oh, it's like, no, why, why did Betty have to go like that? Why did Ruby have to go like that? Like, why did Mary have to do go like that? So when the impetus for the, like the, the third act is, um, Betty suddenly disappears. Uh, Mary is still riding this weird high where she's super successful, but she's also like, dodging cops and yeah but she's also on a downward spiral because she misses a call from her nana and she calls back and finds out her nana died yeah 
I, That's right I, before I she went to that the point. It's right before when, she. When did she find out her her nana died? She, right before she went to the club, before she scared the shit out of that girl in the bathroom. Oh, okay. So that was also a, a breaking point for her too. She's riding all of this fame, and then all of a sudden she lost. You know, there's there's a whole. Okay, so let's go back for a, a second. Uh, the Soska sisters actually make a cameo in this movie, besides directing it, and. She does this surgery on these twins, and she says, "Like, do you?" One of the questions that they ask her is, "Do you ever feel connected to anyone, Mary?" She says, "No," but I guess people can always feel connected to themselves. And I feel like, even though she says no to sort of maintain this personality of "quote unquote" Bloody Mary that they call her, this cold-hearted surgeon. Yeah, I feel like she really lost it when she lost her nana. I feel like that was a point for her because. Even though she was sort of, like, cold towards her grandma a little in the beginning, she had that attitude of, I can always call her back later and have a real conversation because she's going to be around forever. And I feel like that really set her off, and I feel like that was her last connection that she had. To to her yeah. former life. Or to, and now, you know, and now it's gone. Exactly. And now it was gone. So yeah. now it was just free-for-all. I don't give a fuck about anybody or anything. Yeah, so basically, yeah, Mary was going through this downward spiral, and it all comes to a head where um, Beatrice uh, finally calls her, or, or Mary finally picks up Beatrice's call. She's been trying to call Mary for, like, days, or, like, or repeatedly. Um, and we find out that the husband of Ruby, um, like, saw what ha- saw what Ruby did with her own body, and he just pitched a huge, monstrous fit, kills Ruby, I assume, and beat... I'm assuming Ruby's yeah. dead. Uh, and then she, like, he... Then he interrogates and beats uh, Betty to, like, an inch of her life. And then uh, the last scene... Or near, near the last scene is we see the husband ambush um, Mary um, in her own apartment. It's like, oh, it's like... It just, it, it, it made me sad because I, I remember the first time I saw this, I actually cried that she died because I didn't want her to die. Because even though she had killed people and what she was doing to Dr. Grant is theoretically wrong, even though he's a rapist, I wanted her to survive so badly. Yeah, I was, uh, um... So in that final I was rooting scene where for her. I was rooting for her, and I, you know, um, I, I wanted her to. I mean, in the, in the scene before that, um, I think Billy, Billy knew where this was going. Like he knew, like they, they couldn't keep this up forever, especially because they started. There's more bodies being racked up. Oh, I agree, uh, but also he, he is at fault for that in a, a he, little bit. He, yeah, he is. He is. He, he fucking is like... he fucking took the other doctor and made him go missing essentially, which attracted more attention to Mary. And I'm sure, and I think he feels a lot of guilt for starting Mary on this path and being a large hand and in uh, molding her into this. Don't give him that much credit. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, he, a lot, like, a lot of the, most of the movie, he's just, like, he looks, he looks like he's having, having a shitty day, and he's just 
constantly drowning himself in drinks. Yeah, wouldn't um, you be having a shitty day if you were running a strip club that was not doing well? Yeah, I guess <laughs> there was guess. never anybody in that club. Yeah, Billy, what your poor your poor business decisions. And like they they feed I, Lance. One of the funnier lines of this movie is Lance, the bodyguard, goes. I love Lance. You want some shrimp and some tits? <laughs> and he like gives her a thumbs up, and you see the next thing you see is Billy being served a bu- like a basket of shrimp, and he's like, "I'm not so sure I trust you to cook these." Like, what the fuck are you doing like... serving seafood? <laughs> um but yeah billy has this moment where i think he realizes what's gonna happen or like or or maybe he has like a vague uh vague premonitions like well sooner or later the track is gonna end uh oh yeah and he's basically like come with me let's let's go to la let's just have a change of pace let's escape this life and um and then like mary's like yeah i'll think about it then she goes home and then billy's like yeah goodbye bye um, and it's like oh so um i think I why was, I talked do you about think that. do you think she would have gone oh uh i don't think so i don't think so don't, either no um i think she would have still continued her work because it's something that i think it it, it it validates her decisions it's like because she because like in in the dark web on in the in the body my community she's a she's like a celebrity she's everyone reverse reverse or like everyone like come up compliments her work and i think having that praise having that affirmation of her abilities and you know makes her feel like makes her gives her a reason because everything else in her life is going so shittily oh yeah totally i also um I also like, so she had a, I think we talked about this already, but she had a get a new place and everything is like super sterile and clean and neat. And, you know, the neat freak in me was just sort of like, <laughs> I love it. Um, but if you look into body modification, like for real, like you wanted to get something, you have to go to a special place that could end up looking like someone's apartment because body modification is not... I don't want to say normal because that's not the right word I'm looking for, but it's it's not. Um, it's not mainstream. Thank you. That would be the correct. It's word. niche. It's a niche. It, it very much community. is. Community. So I'm also going to. I found um, a slideshow of 13 of the most extreme. Well, it's 19 photos, but it's a 13 of the most extreme body modifications from CBS. Uh, I'm going to include this in the show notes because it's one of the few links I could find that didn't just like talk about body modification. It has photos, which I think is kind of important to look at when you're talking about stuff like this. Um, A new form of body mod. I've always heard about like the dermal implants and the people that get gauges and and like the forked snake tongues. I, yeah, I've been hearing about that for, for years, but I think, and tattooing their, the whites of their eyes, I've heard of that too. People do tattoo their eyeballs. I think that that's really creepy. The one thing that really gets me going is the, uh, not the scarification, even that doesn't bother me so much, is the uh, corset tattoos. I mean, not tattoos, the corset piercings. Oh yeah, so they 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 actually wire like lace through the your your back, like 
It's is like, that purely cosmetic, or does it does it actually like stretch and tighten the skin? I don't I don't know I don't know, but I don't want to know. I don't want to check out. Skoska Skoska twins, you 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 had what? Did they do they have? They had corset piercings in the movie. It, well, do, do they actually have them in real life, or is that really good? Pro- okay, really I was gonna say I was gonna say the, the twins Their teeth actually also, got that. Also, aren't filed into points either. <laughs> but. Okay, so there are there are very few things that bother me when it comes to body horror, just horror movies in general. Teeth is one of them. If, if someone's getting their teeth knocked out, I can't watch. If someone's getting fingernails pulled, I can't watch. Oh, so the fly was... That was the gross what, part I was that I was talking the, about. The... <laughs> wasn't, wasn't the fly vomit. I could give a fuck about that. It was the nails and the teeth. I just... Oh. Hmm, yeah. Hmm, hmm. Mm. It just it's... and and Jeff Gold was like, "Oh look, a vestigial organ from a from an earlier day." And he just puts it puts it behind the mirror. There are just certain things that like drive me daddy when it comes to body horror. Like I could watch American Mary on repeat, but when it comes to things like that, that's where I get really unnerved, and that's where Cronenberg succeeds by a flipping mile. And this is where I reveal I I was enjoying the hell out of like oh look it's but, see, but exactly oh, exactly look, it's, 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 well that didn't bother me but it's it's stuff it's exactly stuff like that and that and that's why I thought that uh, comparing these two was such a good idea because they're both pretty fucking horrific movies and they're both a good representation of body horror just in two very. Exactly. The range and like different modes it could be expressed. Cronenberg as. does a good job of disgusting you completely. Um, I could watch. Oh. I could oh, watch American <laughs> Mary take nipples off and like cut off extra bits of vaginal skin all day. Random question: Were you a fan of Nip Tuck? That that series that was on the plastic surgery show. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, really? I tried to watch plastic surgery videos. I can't do it. Really? Huh. Because it's it's the same... I don't... It's just too real. Oh, it's I too know real. That's a Hashtag real person. too real. Okay. I know it's a real person. Okay. Like, watching them, like, lift... I don't know why. I can watch them do it in, in American Mary, but I can't watch it in real life. Watching people, like... There is their... Okay, so, real story. There is a man uh, who is known as the Kendall who has had uh, far too many different surgeries to make himself look like plastic, like fantastic plastic. There are a couple of Ken dolls that exist in the world. One of them, I think, is his name is Rodrigo, and he has had too many nose jobs, and something happened with his nose that he couldn't breathe, and I, there was, yeah, that, there was that whole story. He was actually, he actually had a rib removed, too. So, there's that. But, yeah. Um, but this this guy that I'm talking about, um, he needed to have surgery to fix one of the implants that he got done, and the doctor starts filming it. And I tried to watch as much of that as I could, but as soon as I saw him dig into the skin and take out the implant, I was like, I'm done. Goodbye. I'm out. Was this on? Was this being streamed or on YouTube? It's or either on this Twitch doctor's or... Instagram page or it's on YouTube. I will oh. find it for you. Huh. I'm sure that violates their terms of. No, like, actually, they have they no, have Instagram accounts huh. for a lot of things. Um, I don't know how to live stream a I surgery. Don't he, I don't know if he huh. live streamed it, but I know he filmed it. Um, that's but that's again, wild. like 
this the guy who's the Kendall is kind of like the Ruby of American Mary. He is a real notable person in the body mod community. Although I don't know if they would call themselves the body mod community. Most of that is plastic surgery. I don't know if I would consider it body modification because you were willingly altering or modifying your body. I think there's various various tiers of body modification. Agree. Oh yeah, we went on a giant tangent. Um, I, I remember. I I remembered. I remember my. We did. Oh, by the way, I his name is his name is Justin Jedlicka. Okay. Who is known as the Human Kendall? He has undergone over three hundred cosmetic surgeries to look like a Kendall. That's so much. I know there's uh, on on social media. I hear or I see a lot of stuff about the the living barbie but i don't know if that's plastic surgery or just like a lot of makeup or she says that she's never had plastic surgery before but she's had plastic yeah. surgery okay you don't get a waist that's like that hourglassy and but yeah and perfect gigantic boobs by i don't i don't know what she does but you don't get the way she... I mean, the face is definitely makeup. She probably... It looks like she's had a nose job done. But you don't look that way without having had some work done. I'm sorry. You can't just naturally look like that. I guess... Well, well one last thing. Would you, do a, would you do a body mod? No, absolutely not. No. No. See, I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't do it. I don't know. No, not at all. I mean, I, think... I, I mean, I don't even have like a tattoo or oh, I do. any ear piercings. I do. So. I have I have five ear piercings. Hopefully going on six. <laughs> I want to be really uneven. I have three in my right ear and two on my left, and I want to go for broke and just put another one in my right ear to make myself, like, super uneven. Do it. Um, Do it. No, I personally would never get body modification, although I will admit the Lord of the Rings fan in me when they're done correctly, there's something very appealing about, like, the girls and the guys that get their ears done. <gasps> you want elf ears? Oh! They just look so elegant and beautiful. Yes. But I would never actually get it done. Like, I'd rather have someone put, like, a professional, like, prosthesis on my ear and have me, like, walk around with that for a day and, like, live out my fantasy. Okay, well, you know what, Ryan? For your birthday and or Christmas, I'm gonna get you a pair of... Over the ear earbuds or headphones yeah. that make your ears look like elf ears because those exist. Okay, I'll take it. So you don't need to like change your ears. Uh, so, but I feel there like you go. in like an alternate universe, if I could get away with body modification, if I was like really into it, I would do elf ears, and that would be about it. That's pretty dope. I approve. There's a lot of shit out there. They now have. Not putting this goes beyond scarification because I've seen scarification. This is. Like, the opposite of scarification, it's, it's like, cutting out pieces of your skin into, like, a pattern. But it's called some. I can't, I can't remember what it's called. What would you do? Mm. Wait, I know my bodification. This is a perfect trans, this is a perfect transition to the fly. Because I want Jeff Goldblum to build me two teleporter pods. I want to put myself into it. I want to put a great white shark into it with me. Um, they're going to they're gonna fuse me with a shark. And then I'm going to go to a surgeon and have him 
file my teeth even more and have them install even more rows of teeth. It'll be great. That's my... That's... You know a shark has, like, five rows of teeth, right? Or something like that. That's not enough, Ryan. I need more. Well, I think a great white shark has, like, the most rows of teeth. Actually, actually, you should go for broke and <laughs> go back in time and, and merge with a megalodon. Yes! Yes! And fight Jason Statham in, in, in the sequel. Because... That'd be, it'd be great. I'll be Shark Boy. I'll be Shark Man. I'll be Brundle, Brundle Shark Man. <laughs> Shark Chris. I don't know. It's, we're getting to that point in the time in the night where Chris doesn't make any sense. Yes, clearly. So, moving on, let's talk about David Cronenberg and his twisted, beautiful mind. Ah, oh, so good. So, a little bit about David Cronenberg really quickly before we get into this. He is, uh, oh, he's 75. He looks good for 75. Um, he is a Canadian filmmaker, writer, and actor. He is one of the principal originators of the body horror genre. And to go over just body horror in general, um, or specifically his films in terms of body horror, they explore the visceral bodily transformation, infection, technology, and intertwining of the psychological with the physical. So... This was explored in Scanners from 1981. Now, whether or not you've seen Scanners, everyone is familiar with that head explosion gif scene, what have you, from Scanners. That is so classic. It's so good. It is a David Cronenberg movie, so that is exactly what what we're talking about. And Videodrome from 1983. Um, He's definitely... An audacious human being. He has he has cojones. He and he's very avant garde, and um, his like his vision, like his like his imagination. It's just like oh, it's just so wild. Like what his brain comes up with, and and um, like I think he's in a league of its own. Cause like like you know, I think there's a lot of memes, especially like you know, uh, I don't know if anyone who's who's listening is a. Uh, you know, Rick and Morty fan, but like, there's a there's an entire episode about Cronenbergs, and like they use Cronenberg as a verb. It's like that was my it's favorite my too. It's like, oh my gosh! It's like I want to live in that reality. I want to be a Cronenberg. That's you want to you want to get yeah, Cronenberg. I want to be Cronenberg and Rob Button and be the thing that was always meant to be. It would be uh, great. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the fly. Um, uh, under, uh, the fly from 1986. I exactly. should specify that because there is a fly from 1958. Yes, and this is this loosely is based that. on the original short story of the same name from 1957, and it's about Jeff Goldblum as an eccentric scientist who is working on um, a teleportation pod uh, experiment, which goes horribly wrong. And throughout the movie, he's slowly turning into a horrific fly slash human hybrid creature and oh the just practical effects and makeup and and the the design or the, they were done by chris wallace um and makeup artist steven du dupois dupuis i think it's french i'm sorry i'm sorry steven um they just did such a stellar work it's just so 
disgusting and putrid, and I loved it, and Ryan hates it. And... <laughs> but but here's the thing, though, is I, is I don't hate it because I don't hate Cronenberg movies. There are just certain things that, like, make me cringe, and he always has a way of, like, pinpointing it and, and doing it. And my thing when I watch movies is, like, removing nails and teeth. Um, I think the teeth thing originates from the fact that I've had a lot of work done on my mouth, so I'm very, like, paranoid about my mouth and my teeth. So if I watch a movie where something happens to somebody's teeth, I need to look away. I, I'm i not kidding. I put the TV on mute because I can't listen to it. So this this bit and, and that... Mm-mm. TV was on mute the whole... I can't, I can't listen to it. Um, it's one of the few things where I will actually have a physical reaction to it, I will feel queasy. And horror movies do not make me queasy. It's like one of those things that I like pride myself on. They don't make me queasy. I love slasher movies. I will scream at the TV for people to gut a bitch. But when it comes to body horror... I'm so sorry. I I thank you for, for, for facing your fears because this is my company, especially the Cronenberg fingernail stuff. I will only do it for Cronenberg because I love Cronenberg. Oh, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> but the, and that's and that's the weird part about it, though, is even with all of that, knowing he does all of that, I will still watch Cronenberg movies because he is so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And I think with the fly in general, it's a it's a very. I mean, I guess um, I I actually haven't read the original short story, but it's a very simple short story. It's a very simple like plot skeleton, but. Just the way it is executed, um, it's just so, it's so spellbinding. Like you have, you have like the charisma of like Jeff Goldblum, um, who, like in like I I guess I I'm not really sure. I mean I I know like Jeff Goldblum's always been a popular star, um, but I didn't I don't ex- exactly know where this was in his career, but. He was so he was endearing. So charismatic too, uh, especially. He was he was so awkward, and he's he's really selling like the eccentric the eccentric nature of this character trying to trying to portray, and then he also exper- or um he also displays like a a really interesting range of modes of expression similar to American Mary, where especially after, um he gets spliced with the fly, but he still doesn't know it yet where he's developing a sort of messiah, messiah, messiah complex. And he's just like, he's becoming hysterical and, and crazed eyed and like delusions are in grand It's like, Oh shit, Jeff Goldblum, you're, you're chewing the scenery right now. This is, this is fantastic. And, um, and like similar to American Mary, like now I think about it, this is also like a, like a Icarus slash yeah, tragic way, way hero too close kind of to story. The um and yeah and like oh i feel i felt so bad for veronica oh gina davis Ronnie. um i i loved her i she was so good um as the the one of the other main characters and i just why can't they be happy and like (laughs) but no because he was a class a fucking creep in this movie yeah, you know, yes, and Jeff Goldblum also 
fell victim to like toxic masculinity. If he didn't get drunk, if he didn't get jealous, this would have could this could have been all avoided. Whoa! I don't know if I believe that. I, I don't know if I believe that. I think that that was that was part of his whole um, fly politics speech. Well, no, it was it was it was how it was about how we, when we have our id, uh, insects uh, don't. Uh, think about anything like that. They're just all reactionary and uh, um, that's why he sends Gina Davis away and says basically what I'm trying to tell you is if you stay here uh, I'm gonna hurt you because I lack empathy. She's sitting there crying and he feels nothing and it's not because he doesn't care it's because he is spliced with an animal that has ingrained in its DNA to not give a shit about anybody but himself. Mm -hmm. So would you argue that, argue that he didn't give a shit about anyone except himself before the fly transformation sequence. Cause yeah, I would because he seemed to genuinely. I think I think he seemed to genuinely care for her, but he's he's the scientist that you kept locked in the lab and didn't know how to behave around girls, and not in a creepy way. He was just it was very it was very like sweet and naive almost. Like I brought a girl back to my apartment. I'm gonna play piano for her. And, and he, he's just so oblivious around all of this. He, um, he didn't quite know how to explain what he was doing. He was standing there like playing the piano, like, yeah, look, like it's over there, but didn't bother to, I, I think, I think on some level he truly did, uh, care about Gina Davis and he just didn't quite, he was learning in the midst of learning how to live with that and express that. He got his DNA spliced with a fly. <laughs> He got drunk and he got his DNA splice of the fly. Because <laughs> he got drunk. <laughs> he got drunk and jealous. And he's like, no, I will do that. I will I'll show her. It's like, Jeff Goldblum, no. Wow, the patriarch is a really big theme because, you know, like, the, the asshole I hated the most. Yeah, Stathis Borans, the editor. I mean, he got it. He had like some. Re oh, that guy's a fucking I mean, douchebag. I want to give him some credit because in the end, he, he. What kind of credit I do mean, you he, think he deserves? That you're gonna like, give him? Like he wanted the shotgun and kill Jeff Goldblum, and like, he saved. Uh, he, she, he he saved Veronica. Yeah. But it's like, well, you've been a shit back the entire. He doesn't get kudos movie, for that. So, you know. No. I don't know. Okay, fine. He doesn't get kudos. He did the he did he didn't even do the bare minimum. He should have saved Veronica way before then. How about the fact that he pushed her to get an abortion? Well, that to be fair, that was a dream, so I can't really blame that on him. Although the first time I saw this, I remember not being surprised. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I, that nightmare though, where like so Cronenberg like, and so oh, good. The maggot, the, the, the maggot sack. Oh my god. And it was like. It was huge. It was like, it looks like, oh, wow. It's great. It was great. It's crazy. It was, great. It was um, man. I, I just, I love this movie. This is like, actually, I think it was only the second or third time I've seen this movie. So it's been a quite, it, it was basically watching it like all over again or watching with new eyes. Um, Don't you love it when that happens? Oh, it's so good. I love it. And, like, the only other... Well, the, the other big memory I've had with The Fly, I don't know if um, they still have this ride. I remember when I was, I don't know, maybe around 10, um, 
my family and I went to Florida and we went to Universal Studios and there's this one ride. I don't remember which ride it was. I th- I figure it's the one where it it tours through famous um movie sets and I know from that ride part of that ride was the the scene from Alien where Ripley has uh like a like a custom flamethrower and, and the, the one of the, one of the xenomorphs is popping uh from the wall and I clearly remember I don't know if I'm making this up but I clearly remember one part of the ride goes into the set of the fly and you see like the super deformed like final form um Brundle fly um, like, like coming out of the the teleporter pod, like this is where like there's like no Jeff Goldblum skin remaining. It's like you know it's like it's like most it's like oh it's, it was so cool. Uh, I remember I remember that image being burned in my brain as a kid. It was yeah it was great. Bros, so good. Um, oh man. I and this movie like it was just like a tra- Icarus story it was like a tragic Beauty and the Beast story, um, but I like that they were all like that though. So now that Chris is in his happy place, I am very much in my happy I place, know. and I and I know I want to be spliced with a shark. Ryan, what do you want to be spliced with? Myself. Yes, so you become like the most idealized version of Ryan. Hopefully not anxiety ridden. Yeah. <laughs> wait. So wait. Wait. If you. So what you're saying is you would have Jeff Goldblum clone you, another you, and then you're gonna splice yourself with yourself, and then you'll have like two sets of organs of everything, or like. <laughs> no. Okay. So okay. So if. So the way the test was supposed to go, is, bef- taking the fly splicing out of it. He was right in a sense that it made him this like pure form of himself somehow. I don't, I don't, I don't understand science. It's pseudoscience. It's also not real. It's pseudoscience. But when I'm like watching him run, what happened and how it's like zero percent body fat, like basically the perfect human, except for the anger and the rage and the jealousy. Well, that was the fly. That, with that the was fly just the fly. <laughs> But, like, here's the thing. If I could go through a teleporter pod and be the best version of myself, a.k.a. not riddled with depression and anxiety, I would do it. And then start doing, like, Olympic-level gymnastics, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, like it's no problem. I mean, if that if that was a side effect that happened, I, I'll take it. It's not a requirement. It's It's not a requirement. But basically, yeah, if I, if all it took was for me to go through telepod, like, one time to rid myself of the things that obviously make me me, but make me, like, a crippled me, I would do it. If it just, like, flushed all that out of my system. Because there are definitely days where I'm, like, anxiety. You'll be Ryan Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There are definitely days where, like, real talk, anxiety, depression rule my life. And I don't feel like doing anything. If I didn't have to do, if I didn't have that in my life, if I didn't have that to worry about, mm-hmm. man, oh man, y'all would be and here in trouble. I am, just want to be, be a shark man. It's like <laughs> he wants to be a shark, and I just want to be a better version of like the human that I am. Because here's the thing: I already have like a superhuman like nose. Like I can smell everything. Like, people used to call me Bloodhound because my nose is ridiculous. Uh, I will look at Tom 
And I'll go, do you smell that? And he's like, no, super sniffer. I don't smell that. I'm like, but it's so strong. He's like, no, it's really not. Only to you. So I wouldn't want to change any of that. I just, that for me is already like. But what, what if, what if you, I, I, like, I wonder if, if, okay, I know this is not canon to the story, but what if. You could program, like, certain, like, elements or certain, like, uh, I guess, like, organs of specific animals. And then you go through the teleporter and that would splice that to yourself. So let's say you have, like, the super super sensory system of, you know, a dog, you know, like, of a bloodhound. And you... you I feel then, like I already have that, though. But what if you could have it even more... Or, no, this is enough of a burden. What if you get spliced with a snake so you can taste what things smell like? And you can, like, you can, like, taste the air, and then you can be like, I smell, I don't know, some, like, a, a mouse, like, a mile away. You know I'm afraid of snakes, right? Uh, no, wait, did I miss, like, why are you afraid of snakes? I'm petrified of snakes. Oh, Always. Okay, so maybe this, this wasn't been. a good idea. To, uh, I guess it was not a good idea to mention that. I also, want to be I want to be spliced with a snake so I can unhinge my jaw, cause like uh, yeah, and, like, no, smaller not... things whole. No. Mm. <laughs> no. Okay. Mm. Gross. Really gross. I just want to. Sp- I want to. Sp- I want to be a chimera, right? I want to be spliced with all the animals. No. Great. <laughs> awesome. I need you to be yourself, goddammit. I want to be the whole animal kingdom. Oh my god, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm delirious. I I'm I and I love this movie. Um So, this is really interesting. Um Oh, actually, well, I know I know they they cover this in the sequel, but we haven't watched the sequel yet. We have not, uh, no. So I love how he says yet. Bit. Will be will we be watching the sequel? Yeah, I think. Oh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we, we plan to do more body horror episodes. Oh fuck so, yeah! But let's do a little bit of thought experiment. Um, well, I do love thought experiments. Yes. Um, do you think or in your head canon? Um, at well, at the end of the film, um, Veronica Mercy kills the on the fly as she uh, should. And she should, um, and also Jeff Jeff Goldblum was like he he wanted he wanted to die in the end. He was like full fly by the end. He just oh, but he was more than full fly. Like at the end, there was a teleporter malfunction, so he got teleported again. So parts of the metal door and electrical wiring of the telepod gets spliced to his body. So he's now like biomechanical and just like oh god, it's crazy. Actually, there is a movie on Shutter called the. Te- Tetsu, the test is that Japanese? One? Yeah, the Iron okay. Man, and he it's 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 a really old like body horror movie where a man gets infused with metal bits. <gasps> I need to watch this. This sounds so good. I'll watch that. I will watch that. Okay, okay. Put it on the queue. Put it on the um, queue. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, do you think Ronnie kept a child or not? Because we saw a dream sequence. Um, and where this huge maggot baby gets pulled out of her, which spurs her decision to go through an abortion. And I, I asked this cause there's some notable deleted and alternate scenes, um, with this film. So one of them, 
Um, uh, let's see. Oh, no. Wait, where'd it go? I was just reading before. Oh, yes. So uh, there was a there was a, a epilogue that was deleted from the film, and it was shot in four different ways. Um, and all of them, uh, in one way or another, uh, features Veronica and the presence of a butterfly baby. So, um, in some of these versions, um, Veronica dreams that she didn't have a baby, but she dreams of what it could have been, and she dreams about a baby with butterfly wings. Um, uh, there's one where she dreams about the butterfly baby, and she either is still pregnant with Brundle's baby, or she's not pregnant with it. Um, and, yeah, and, so basically, like, she, I think, okay, so in, in most of these iterations, Ronnie gets this fever dream where she, she goes to term and she has this butterfly baby, um, but what do you think? Does she, uh, in your hair canon, would she still have the abortion? Would she keep it out of, you know, memory of Brundle or she's like fuck this like I don't want I think I think she kept it purely for the reason that she initially decided to keep it in the first place like this could be the last part of him before he went full fly like I'm gonna be selfish here for a second think of the genius she could be potentially like growing in her womb like he was for all intents and purposes a genius um, not that she wasn't intelligent. She was extremely intelligent, driven, like, perfect career She's all, Ronnie, Ronnie's best girl. She's great. She was, yeah, she was badass. That being said, I'd like to think that there was a world where she keeps the baby. Um, purely because it could be the last bit of, like, good him left in the same breath. Because that is a possibility, she might not want to keep a baby for that reason, to grow up and harbor resentment for that child over not having this man in her life anymore. But I would like to think that she would keep the baby. I like to think that... I think Veronica is such... She is so undoubtedly good, kinded, or good and kind-hearted i don't think i mean she, yeah she she's been put through an emotional blender but i think in the end she i think she would definitely keep it the term um i think that in the in the months she would have a lot of time to think um and reflect and i think ultimately like she's still at the end she mercy killed brundle but she clearly was in love with him and i think I think just because of those of that emotional connection and that the, the hope however crazy it might be that things will things might actually be okay maybe maybe the the baby will be fine um I think she would keep the baby too I would like to think that that is what happens but you know we don't know and this is Cronenberg I mean for for what we know Cronenberg would have been like, no, the fly will come out. And she could have given birth to a goddamn full, right? 
Like a full fly man she could have given birth to. Oh, whether or not, uh, I mean, we'll find out for sure in, if, uh, in the sequel if we ever get around to it. Yeah, we will. So this will be nice to, uh, this will be a nice thought experiment to go back to. Um, but any last words about the fly? Cronenberg's a fucking genius. He is. Um, I guess my last thought, uh, earlier in the summer, um, there's the Angelica Film Center. They, they do a lot of really cool screenings. So this summer they were doing, um, a sci-fi summer series. Um, nice. Please yes. tell me they did the fly. Yeah, they did the fly, and I, I couldn't go because they were... No! Wor- I was working all the time, so... Uh, I really were. hope... Yeah, bummer. But, but... not anymore. <gasps> not anymore! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. This is great. Um, and and one day, Ryan, we will, we will make all the money so we can have our own private movie theater and screen all the horror movies and subject our friends to body horror and God. they can't leave. <laughs> we'll just make sure to give them vomit bags. Yes. 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 Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my last thought uh, on the fly. I just, I, I need more Cronenberg and I can't wait for future Cronenberg. We're going to do, we're definitely going to, I now, I think I've got the two movies that I think we should talk about first. They're not, they're not like the super early Cronenberg movies. Well, actually, no, they might be. Hold on. Uh, sc- Scanners? You know? No. Jo- no? Uh, no. Well, because Rabbit. I feel like we should talk about Rabbit. Yes, we should talk about Rabbit, but I also think that that's like your go-to. So I think that we're going to go with Rabbit and Dead Ringers. Ooh! So shiny. Okay. Ten years apart, actually, because Rabbit came out in 1977 and Dead Ringers came out in 1988. Ooh, very nice. And Dead Ringers is bought. Uh, I am super excited. Gosh, ah, oh, Cronenberg, you're my my boy. I I want to meet <laughs> him. I want to give him a hug. Yes. Uh, cool. Well, this was it for our body horror uh two parter. Um, so we actually recorded before this, um, a. Uh, body horror episode focusing on my all-time favorite film of all time uh john copper's the thing and another film called antiviral which is directed by the son of david cronenberg um unfortunately i we've had some major technical difficulties on my on my end and i'm so sorry but we're going to be recording that re-recording that episode uh so stay tuned for that um but this was uh so this has been bumped up as body horror episode special part one and i love this episode i i think ryan knocked it out of the part with um excellent choices and i think it it sparked like a for really someone who debate. doesn't like body horror movies i, I gotta pick them <laughs> yes <laughs> and i i just i just i just love how different we are on the poles of like body horror because like it's just i think it's like you know it's great hot and cold oil and water one of those things yes um but yeah so stay tuned that's coming up in a couple of weeks uh what else do we have on the slate for the rest of this month because we're we are going hard this we're going hard for this month so i i i think that there's a little bit of a debate as to what our next next episode is going to be. So I'll just jump ahead a little bit in our timeline here. Um, we are going to be doing an episode on The Haunting of Hill House, which is the Netflix series that just dropped, I believe, last Friday. 
Yes, it's been smashing all the reviews on the interwebs. So we should talk. We should talk about it. It'd be timely, and 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 I want to see what all the hype is about. I do too. So after The Haunting of Hill House, there's apparently some debate as to what's happening next. <laughs> I just know that come November, we are going back to our normal schedule where you're going to get us every two weeks because October was clearly a lot for us this month trying to do an episode, two episodes a week. Um, but... I know that we're going to, we're going to kick off November with our Suspiria remake, which I have been looking forward to since I heard that they were remaking it once the cast got released. So that is definitely something to look forward to. As for the rest of October, like I said, there is some slight debate as to what's happening. We'll figure it out. I'm not terribly worried. Um, but that was episode 17. Yeah, it was 17. 17. 17. 17. That was episode 17 of Left for Dread. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, anywhere that you find your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us and it helps other people find us. And it helps us find you too, so. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. I think I said that already. I'm delirious now. We're yeah, all delirious. It's, it, we're, we're all delirious. But yeah, just, yeah, um, and don't forget we're also part of the NerdPound Network, so uh, uh, go to, uh, check out uh, wow, brain fart. Check out our sister shows like Super Nerd Pals and uh, Chaos Cast or Chaos and oh wow, check out Chaos uh, or Kingdom Hearts and other stuff with our friend of the show and our awesome Super Nerd Pals alumni Zach. Who and uh, yeah, they're great shows and uh, we also. Did a recent crossover episode uh, with SNP and Leopard Dread with our super awesome host, Andy. Uh, we reviewed Deathbed. That's already out. And it was a total trade wreck, but I, in the best way possible. And, and Ryan's palming her, her, her face. You weren't supposed to I have fun. fun. That was the whole point. And Andy had fun. <laughs> so you're like bad movies. You take our crossover episode. We reviewed Deathbed. And then we we took like an hour of making our own film franchise out of it. It was beautiful. So check it out. And stay tuned for more horror, more body horror, more spoopy stuff. Um, I, so for this month, like Ryan said, we are releasing uh, double the episodes this month. And because we love Halloween, we love this month. We love Spooptember. So, um, yeah, so thank you for listening. And stay dreadful. Stay dreadful.
No! 